Well, regarding the game itself, um, uh, when the draw was first made, uh, we looked to, first of all, the city we were going to, Hamburg. We hadn't been there before. We says, OK, this is an excellent opportunity for a great trip. Uh, then, uh, in terms of the football, we were saying, well, uh, Hamburg haven't been doing so well uh, in recent years as what they had when they were champions of Europe uh, some 10 years back. Uh, so we fancied our chances. Uh, however, at the, the the first leg at Celtic Park, we committed the cardinal sin in European football of conceding in a way goal. But not only did we concede it, we conceded it at the two minutes of the game, which practically changed the whole course of uh, of the the two tyres overall. Because it had us chasing the game at home, which is what you don't want to be doing in uh, European tyres. Uh, because we we had a, such a strong. Uh, um, accent on attack we left ourselves vulnerable to many chances for Hamburg and they converted one early in the second half to make it 2-0 so as we sit here now we're 2-0 down uh, with the, the second half so to speak to go but uh, Celtic fans are eternal optimists and I'm quite certain that when we leave the Volk Park Stadium next week we'll have won 3-0 uh, De Canio and Cadetti will score 2 so I fully expect that next week um, we will get the victory we're looking for um, because we don't go to see Celtic getting beaten. Although, in our heart of hearts, we're up against it. There's no doubt about it. Right through the, the latter half of the 19th century, uh, Irish people continued to emigrate fleeing the effects of the, the Great Famine. Uh, many thousands went to Glasgow where they congregated in the east end of the city. Um, there were a lot of slums and a lot of uh, deprivation. Uh, they were discriminated against and hated by the local Glaswegians because of their willingness to work for pay that undercut the, the local sort of rate. Um, some members of the Irish community saw that something was needed to give these people uh, a focus, a sort of focus of identity. They were settling in a country that had given birth to Presbyterian fundamentalism, Protestant, the Protestant religion, with um, John Calvin and John Knox and people like that had been born there. And straight away, when they began to settle and amalgamate into the community, they were they were uh, alienated because of their religion and because of the fact that they were competing for the jobs that existed at the time. Uh, with the result that um, many of the Irish settlements, the areas that they, they had settled in, experienced poverty worse than what they had left home in Ireland. Um, to alleviate the, the suffering, um, uh, one of the, the Irish priests there, a chap called... Um, Andrew Cairns from Sligo, his, his religious name was uh, Brother Walfred, got the idea of starting up a football club because football at the time was beginning to grow in popularity in, in Britain. And he had seen the, uh, the success of the Edinburgh Hibernian Club who were formed from Irish immigrants as well. And he saw this as being a great way of raising funds, raising funds with the intent of uh, feeding the poor, particularly the, the, the children who were suffering the most. So Celtic really was formed to feed Irish children. That's basically where Celtic came from. And the essence of the club being an Irish club has re has been retained ever since.
Yeah, it's hard to rationalise why you get so much enjoyment out of 22 guys kicking a ball about. There's probably no sense to it. The only thing about it is, if, if, we're, if we're crazy, then we're crazy along with millions of other people in the world, you know. Uh, and nearly every country in the world it happens, so there's more of us than there is of the other, the other people, you know, that don't like football. Football is an all-consuming passion for the people that play it and for the people that support it. It crosses all boundaries. It crosses all languages. It's one of the most simplest games to play. You only need a ball uh, and two goals. Uh, Yet, it can capture people's imagination and their passions in a way like no other sport can. Uh, That probably is the reason why, from rich down to poor, from every type of nationality, creed, football is the most popular sport in the world. Um, I think um, the passions engendered by football uh, cannot be compared uh, in any other sports. Um, and taking that further, I have to say that the passions we feel for our team uh, cannot be seen anywhere else either, or felt, or imagined. So you'd have to support Celtic to know what I was talking about. It's very, it's very important, and it's. It hasn't waned. I mean, I don't, don't think it ever will. You know, once you support Celtic, you tend to support them for life. It's that type of commitment, and most Celtic supporters would be the same. At times, it's very, very hard for us to put our finger exactly on the, the, the pulse or on the reason or the, the, the whole essence of why we behave the way we do, why we're so fanatical about this, uh, this club or, or what we, we consider to be a whole cause. Um, but I suppose the best way I could put it is, is if, that, if somewhere along the line they decided that they were going to introduce an extra hour in the day, I think we dedicate that hour to thinking about Celtic like we do on the other 24. Well, I have to admit that Celtic does play quite a large part in, in my thoughts from, uh, from from one day to the next. I mean, it's hard to say exactly how important they are. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to, to quantify. That uh, on one level you can say to yourself intellectually that it doesn't uh, it doesn't really matter if Celtic win or lose. It doesn't affect your uh, your daily life. It doesn't uh, it, it uh, you know it doesn't make any difference about putting putting food in, <laughs> food on the table, but. Uh, but it does matter at the end of the day, it does matter. Uh, the Celtic supporters are different from certainly most other supporters. Uh, they'd, be, they'd be more loyal, they would identify more with their team. Uh, they would see themselves as sort of part of the Part of the same setup as the as the team. I think it was Alex Smith, the Aberdeen manager. He says, "When you go to Glasgow to play Celtic, you're not playing a football team. You're playing a cause." You know, and that's the way the Celtic support would see it. You know that they were part of the cause as well as the team. The fans are the club, and, and that will never change. The, the players 
some of them are supporters, some of them know what the club is all about and, and the other players that you know, come up from England or from Italy and that, they obviously appreciate the, f- the fanaticism of the support but they are only employees of the club at the end of the day, that's, that's their work for them. We're out there, we're spending money week in, week out to, um, to support the club, to, to try and get the club on. Um, no club in the world has a bond between its fans and uh, the club itself, like, like Celtic does. As I say, we're like one big family uh, who stick together through thick and thin. Uh, the Celtic supporters are very, very important to the club and to the team. Um, and I think uh, the best way you ever you can realise this is when you see new players coming into Celtic and I've noticed uh, in the last couple of months with particularly the likes of uh, Alan Stubbs and uh, Paolo Di Canio coming in from uh, Italy and they have been um, really taken in by the warmth and the enthusiasm and the love Celtic fans have for their team um, be it home or away or even training sessions uh, this is something they are not used to um, and in a way too it, it's 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 a very it's a very comforting thing for them to 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 feel such a bond with the people that literally pay their wages. We don't know how important um, supporters are to other clubs and, and other teams, but we don't particularly care because we look on ourselves as being unique, and um, we always will look on ourselves in that way. And at times we can feel patronised, but we do know that come the whistle at three o'clock on a Saturday, that the most important thing to the team is the forty thousand people that surround them. I suppose, um, I suppose for all clubs especially, it's a, you're playing against a team that you never normally play against. Um, you know, different players, maybe on, on occasions, like you're talking about maybe the Celtic played Juventus and all in the past, you're talking about big name players like Real Madrid and all these, these clubs, already Hamburg and such haven't got any big names. But it's, a, it's a break from the real team um, league, league games, like you know, against the fans and games and all. It's good to see these teams from other countries. And as far as you're going to the away leg, it's great to travel and see, see another country. Travelling with the Celtics Park is great, you know. Great, great guys from all over England and Scotland, Wales, and the continent as well. You meet them in pubs and they're all, they're all so proud to tell you of their, their, their Irish heritage, their, their grandparents were from Mayo, or their mothers from Kerry and all. It makes you feel really proud, you know, that, that you're Irish. And you feel like this club, it's not just something you chose to follow. It's part of your heritage, part of your culture. And you're there, you know, you're, you're amongst your own. They're singing our songs, it's our flag that they're proud to fly, you know. And a great, great voice. Football, really, in its essence, is about 
travelling and sitting at games and watching games and supporting your team. It's not about sitting in pubs shouting at television screens. It's really being there. It's really it's eating the pies. It's drinking the bottle uh, and it's listening to these magical. Uh, 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 one-liners that you can only hear at football matches uh, you can't hear that in the pub uh, it just is not the same and it never will be the same and anybody who thinks that by sitting in front of a, a, a television screen in a pub and thinks they know about football really don't know what they're talking about uh, and they won't know that until they actively get involved in supporting football and the ball's in the net and it's not just cadet that's the canyon that's the canyon when it's hit like a bomb and it's not Andy Tom, that's the canyon, that's the canyon. We went over when we were, were 18 and um, we were immediately hooked because even before we attended a game, we went to a, a pub in the East End near Celtic Park. We'd failed to get any accommodation because there was a trade fair on in the city that weekend and... Um, we went into a pub and you know we had a word with one or two of the locals and word spread around the pub that there was nine Irish guys uh, looking for accommodation. Well, within 10 to 15 minutes, there was people actually arguing over who was going to take us because they were all so eager to have an Irish guy back in our house. They each told us their, you know, their Irish connections and how proud they were of it. And it, was, it, was, it was something else to see these people in a different country who had uh, great-grandparents or... Um, ancestors who were from Ireland originally and to see how they still clung to um, Irishness in a certain way that they were they were proud of that fact they realised they were Scottish but they um, knew they were of Irish descent and this was something very special to them um, the lads that came with me uh, as I said they supported Manchester United Liverpool, all those English clubs and after that weekend uh, during which Celtic beat Rangers 3-1 um, none of them have ever uh, look back since they're all now Celtic fanatics like myself, uh, season ticket holders, and they eat, sleep, and drink uh, any any news, any information on the club. And a classic collection of clothes and accessories for both women and men. Passengers are remanded. The adjective we are was remains. Is that a hard an extra thing other than the football league? You know what I mean? Has a community spirit. It's some sort of um. But yeah. Quite point out what it is. As I said, it's a family. It's an inner, an inner feeling in people. I mean, it's a feeling of belonging. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. There's nothing about it. It's an obsession, an institution, not a football team, you know. Institution. I mean, there's a good question here. How would you explain that to somebody that didn't understand? Eh, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good, it's a good question. I just asked them to come with me. You just have to come for the man. My answer was that was though. Be like somebody who's crazy about bees trying to collect, trying to tell you about their passion. You wouldn't understand it, but you respect that passion. You know what I mean? No, you don't understand how they got a buzz out of it. I give you that. Give a joke, it's fine. What was that other one we got practicing doing now? I don't find it at all difficult to understand how um, how football supporters in Ireland can take an interest in Celtic. I mean, quite the opposite. I uh, I find it very hard to understand th- those who don't uh, take an interest in Celtic because Celtic supporters in Scotland th- think of Ireland as as a kind of spiritual home by and large, and uh, it's all part of the process that um, 
that people in Ireland should support Celtic. So that it, it came as something of a, a shock to me when I, I came here first in, in 1976 to discover that uh, there was actually more interest in uh, in Manchester United and Leeds and you know pretty insignificant teams like uh, Tottenham Hotspur. But I, I think that the interest in Celtic has has been rekindled over the past few years by the success of the Irish national team. I think the Republic Ireland's done a lot for football here, the team over the last ten years, and they've they've gave people a passion for supporting football and I think as a result of that they're better able to understand people like us that that support a team like Celtic Certainly my immediate family in Edinburgh never had the slightest difficulty in understanding um, anybody who supported Celtic their, their, um, their difficulty was quite the opposite, they couldn't understand why uh, why anybody might not support Celtic um, because they always took a, a very close interest in it themselves. Um, my family here, my, my my wife, for instance, I think has come to um, has come to appreciate it in, in a way that she perhaps didn't at first. Um, and uh, you know, she's got um, a, a pretty good interest in it at this point. And my uh, my daughters, I think, who are nine and four at the moment. They've they've really been brought up with this. Uh, uh, with this business of Celtic has, has really been part of, of the house probably as, as as long as they can remember and uh, th- they have a, a particular fondness, particularly the younger one for uh, for Pierre van Hooydonk. I, I think it has a lot to do with uh, with the name and the strangeness of the name because for, for the four year old in particular they, um, the, the name really does sound quite funny and she doesn't um, always quite understand the difference between Celtic and, uh, and Pierre because uh, you know she knows to ask if um, if Celtic have won, which is a pretty good question. But I I'm not quite sure how to answer her when she asks if um, Pierre has won, and um, I, I think that she's um, she's certainly getting there all the same. My my older daughter had the same um, kind of difficulty at at the same age with um, at, uh, Jackie Jackinovsky. She she thought this was a hilarious name, Jackinovsky, who played for Celtic when. Uh, when she was quite small, and uh, I, I think it was probably one of the first words actually that she learned to uh, to say. One of the first difficult words. My girlfriend Caroline, um, I've probably it's probably all down to me, but uh, she detests uh, soccer uh, totally, um, and Celtic in particular. Um, any mention of Celtic in the house is met with a flying slipper or something like that, but. Uh, uh, she's coming around slowly, and I've brought her over to a few games, and she appreciates that uh, that it is important to me, and uh, she uh, has made a lot of friends with with, with my Scottish friends, and uh, down the years, and uh, I, I think that someday she'll be uh, fully converted like me. Your father would be the the catalyst really for making you support. Once they take you along to football matches, you'll you'll, you'll tend to support the club there. That they support. It's the same with me. My sons now support Celtic, you know, and they travel over to the games, and I'm I'm pleased about that, you know. (laughs) 
Well, the first memories of, of taking an interest in Celtic aren't really there because it, taking an interest in Celtic was something that was always around at home. It was it was always something in the air, and I can't really remember a time when I I, I wasn't um, looking out for Celtic results or being told what Celtic results were or. You, you know, just being aware generally of, of the fact that Celtic existed and, uh, you know, being concerned about them. But the, f- the first game that I can remember going to was a game against Hibs at Easter Road sometime in the late 50s. I'm really not very sure when it was, around about 1958. And my, my memory of that game is, is of seeing Bobby Evans, uh, of seeing Bobby Evans pointed out. And uh, I suspect people like Peacock were playing as well at that stage, but I, I, can, only, I can only actually remember... Um, Evans, and I, I'm told that, uh, that I spent much of my time looking around and not actually following the game, but uh, but I do have a clear memory of it. My favourite Celtic player of all time would be Bobby Lennox. Uh, he played in the uh, the team that won the European Cup in '67, and indeed uh, played on until the 1981 season. Thus, having played in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, um, he was my favourite player uh, for a very simple reason. Um, as a kid um, and trying to find out all the information on Celtic I could um, I went into the local news agents and um, had a peek in at the Sunday Mirror I think it was the Sunday Mirror they used to give the team lineups from the day before from the games the day before and uh, Lennox was one of the few names which I could read from the Celtic lineup. so although I didn't know his first name uh, I went out on the street and playing football with the other kids and I was Lennox Lennox of Celtic and this was something that always stuck with me. And uh, I loved, uh, in future years and the years after that, I loved looking at videos of Bobby, even though I'd never seen him play in the flesh. Uh, he was a superb player. Uh, his nickname was Buzz Bomb because he was so fast and so nippy around the box. Scored a lot of scored a lot of goals. Um, Bobby Charlton was actually a big fan uh, of Bobby Lennox's. Um, it was a dream come true for me then in 1992 when I got the chance to meet Bobby uh, on on the weekend of uh, the 25th anniversary of uh, Celtic winning the European Cup. We brought the team over to, to Dublin and uh, I found him to be a very humble man and he, he made me feel like you know I was on, on, I was on a par with him. I was just a Celtic man, whereas maybe some other big-name players might have you know, said, oh, well, you know, and sort of brushed you off. But... Uh, Bobby was excellent, and uh, I'll, I'll always be uh, a Bobby Lennox fan. He was my first contact with Celtic, and uh, the first name I knew. And uh, even today, when I when I play football uh, in the, the local Astor Park, uh, I always have it in my mind that uh, I'm Bobby Lennox of Celtic on the ball. Three Rangers players looking very disconsolate. Lennox suddenly switching feet and leaving Richie with not an earthly of a chance of that. Um, in my memory, I don't really have an all-time favourite Celtic player that I could say would stick out my mind that I could. Uh, um, boast about like maybe the fans of the 60s and 70s good but if there's a player I've read about and a player I've heard about I think my greatest regret is never having seen Charlie Tully play because um, having so many friends as I do um, in, in, in the north that travel to games a lot of them would be <laughs> young enough now to remember them and um, I've had many a long chat with, with people talking about previous Celtic teams and the love that they had for Charlie Tully um, he he 
to them typified everything a Celtic player should be. He was adventurous, he was brave, he was very, very skillful, he was clever. He was a Celtic man through and through. He was an Irish man through and through. And to, to, to those people, he was a very, very special person and a player. And when I, I almost feel jealous at times when I hear them talking about him because, you know, you feel as though you've, you've missed out on something that was really, really special. Well, Celtic's official allocation was 3,800, and Celtic fans being what they are, that, that allocation was um, obviously snapped up. All those tickets are gone. But that wouldn't be taking account now of people who travel um, independently uh, to get tickets over here. It wouldn't be taking account of the con- guys based on the continent who will probably make their own range of tickets. I reckon there could be anything from six to 7,000 Celtic fans here tonight. And that's, given the fact that we're 2-0 down, that's a phenomenal support, you know. Phenomenal. Well, it's what we come to expect from following Celtic. That's what Celtic fans are about. We love our club and we'll, we'll, we'll be there. The guys. OK, well, now it's um, it's Tuesday morning, uh, 24th of September, the day of the game. And at the moment, we'll just stop at a roadside service station in Germany. Um, it's in a place called Munster. Um, and we expect that once we're up and running here, we've another four hours to go and we'll be in Hamburg. The atmosphere now is a bit sleepy because um, we've had a long journey through from Calais this morning and um, I think once we get on the road now this morning I think the atmosphere is going to pick up with the, the pre-match excitement so to speak um, so I expect that as soon as we're up and running now they've all had a bit of breakfast and that and they're all beginning to wake up now I think the excitement will definitely start building once we start heading towards Hamburg particularly when we get there This season is very important for us because should Rangers win the league, they will equal our world record of nine league championships in a row. And uh, this this is unthinkable for us. It just can't be allowed to happen. Um, whatever it takes, Fergus McCann and Tommy Bowens must ensure that this team is good enough to stop Rangers winning the league. Because after the European Cup, the nine league championships in a row from 67 to 74 is something which is um, very, very important to every Celtic fan. And to have it taken away from us now um, by our main rivals, by our, our deadliest rivals, Rangers, would be, um, would be a sickening blow indeed. Well, the rivalry between Celtic and Rangers is, is based historically on the fact that, that Celtic very quickly became identified as an exclusively Catholic team in a way which the founders of the club uh, had mostly not wished, you know, the, the the name Celtic was was chosen rather than Hibernian or Shamrock or Harp, and there were other clubs with with these names, in order to indicate that that the founders wanted a, a, a kind of unified Cel- uh, Scottish Irish approach, but uh, they became identified very early on exclusively with um, the Catholic side in, in Scotland. And uh, others responded to this, and uh, and Rangers became identified exclusively with um, with the Protestant side, and uh, that that's the essence of of the rivalry historically. Um, I mean, it's very unpleasant. 
overtones of, of the Northern situation. Celtic supporters, by their nature, are, are good-natured supporters. And for the majority of games that we play in during the year, that comes through very clearly, except when we play Rangers, which, which is a game that is um, moreover ex- uh, obsessed with bitterness and hatreds that obviously go back a very, very long time and have repercussions far beyond football pitches. Um, that is something I'm not going to change or anybody connected with Celtic or Rangers is going to change because that is a, a problem um, that is very, very deep deeply rooted within uh, Glasgow first of all and to a greater level Scotland and Ireland um, so I would have to say that the atmosphere while some people would it is it's a, no doubts about it it's a fantastic atmosphere as a spectacle but when you really understand what's going on it is quite poisonous and it's not good because as I said it brings out the worst in the Celtic support and we are actually bigger than the behaviour that we would go on with at Celtic Rangers games um, they're the most frustrating games of all when we lose but they're the most um that it's the greatest feeling in the world when we win. Um, so in one way, I'm probably being hypocritical in saying all that, but uh, at the same time, too, it has to be said, I don't think Celtic fans particularly are proud of themselves what the, the, the emotions that they go through when we play that team. Oh, I think supporting any any football club, probably anywhere in the world, that's tribal. You know? uh, not just Celtic or Rangers. It's probably more so Celtic and Rangers, where the tribes are easily identified, you know. Uh, it's our gang against your gang or our clan against your clan or our town against your town or village against village and that's what makes football the rivalries make it if the rivalries weren't there in football you would have 40,000 people all agreeing with each other there'd be no atmosphere You you need the divisions you need the rivalries suppose it's this street playing against the kids from next street, the rivalries are there. And any any football anywhere in the world. There's a, a romance about Celtic that travels more so than a lot of other clubs have, have done, you know, the I think it's the underdog the immigrant underdog coming into a country and winning out and achieving against all the odds. I think that that has, you know, people have seen that end and identified with it. Well, I reckon there's a number of factors involved in why Celtic are so well known and supported around the world. Um, I think, I think, first of all, is the visual image. It's, it's, it's the green and white hoops. Um, and I think that's very, very unique. Although there is clubs, of course, that wear hoops, you know, Shamrock Rovers and, and Queen's Park Rangers. Now, I think Celtic uh, cornered that market a long time ago and uh, are, are always, almost definitely the first uh, club to be recognised um, because of the, 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 the strip that they wear. Um, secondly, I think um, winning the European Cup in 67 with the style of play as they did went a long way to winning over a lot of people. I mean, for example, uh, Sporting Lisbon uh, wear uh, the exact same strip as Celtic now because of the effect the Celtic fans had on the, town, the city of Lisbon when they were there in 1967. I mean, Lisbon changed their, their, their strips to... to to uh, replicate Celtic's uh, green and white hoops, because of the because of the style of the team and the warmth to the fans as well, which was very important to the people of Lisbon, and and also too, there's there's um 
there's a romance about Celtic that because of the origins and because of the hardship that the people who formed the club went through and, and the hardship that many people who support Celtic went through, you know, through the 40s and the 50s, through um, really chronic times in Britain, uh, right through um, the, the, this century, um, that despite all that, they have a, a resourcefulness and um, a, a good-humoured approach that, like, is, is almost um, typical of just uh, Celtic supporters. Yeah, Celtic have links with, with, a, with a lot of clubs around Europe. Um, you know, towns or cities where we've played, the the Celtic support has had such an effect on the support of the local team that they, they've almost adopted Celtic, as it were, as their second club. Uh, I suppose that the best example of this is, is St. Pauli in Germany, the smaller club in Hamburg, and uh, their supporters are uh, fanatical about Celtic and they're to be seen... Uh, in large numbers at, at Celtic home games on a regular basis, and uh, it's it's great to see. Um, you know, it's great to see Celtic with supporters from other countries who would previously have known nothing about us until we went and played there. Right, well, we've uh, finally arrived in Hamburg at long last. Uh, by the way, I've been itching to to crack a joke to the lads, uh, if I can. Paraphrase the uh, immortal lines of John F. Kennedy. Ich B9 Hamburger! Der Michel von Hamburg, von Stürmen umweht, hoch über St. Pauli, wie schön. Okay, number 17. Which just way? Ring, just ring. The key is in the room. John, you're in with Bernard, right? There's Bernard. Bernard. All right, Bernard, right? Number 31. Well, after the usual problems that we encounter in uh, finding a hotel, we managed to get there on schedule at 1 o'clock. Um, I'm after everybody got checked in, got started out. We have everybody now out at a pub called the Irish Rover, which is just based around the city centre here in Hamburg. Um, so this is it now, this is the beginning of the, the, the pre-match build-up. Uh, at the moment now we're going to make our way across to the St Pauli Supporters Club uh, and talk to a few people over there about why they have such a fascination with Celtic. Okay, my, my name is Matthias, I'm from, uh, from Mülheim an der Ruhr, which is near Cologne. I live in Freiburg. I'm a St. Pauli supporter for about five years now, and uh, well, how, how did I come to support Celtic? I uh, I noticed that, uh, that many uh, St. Pauli supporters have Celtic scarves and stuff. And uh, about earlier this year, about Easter time, I went to Glasgow uh, for for some days of holidays, and I. Uh, I didn't get tickets for, for the uh, Old Firm match on Easter Sunday, but uh, I watched it in a pub, and, uh, in a Celtic pub in Glasgow, and uh, I was uh, uh, so, so well accepted and I had fun all the way. And uh, of course I just said I'm a St. Pauli fan. I was there with my brother, who's also a St. Pauli fan, and we had 
we watched it on uh, on Sky. I think it was Sky, <laughs> and uh, we had we had fun all the way. And uh, since then, I always look at the results, and uh, that's why I'm here. And I even went to one uh, game uh, of the preseason tour in uh, Holland at Borkio, the, f- the first game, 16-0 game. That was fun too. I just went there alone because I know I can always have fun with Celtic support. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, have a good time. Yeah, uh, 1993, um, I have a, a, a CEO football play set it with Glasgow and uh, only Celtic fans and uh, uh, all people say say for me, hey, good friend, hey, good friend. And it's a bis- business, uh, 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 it's a great stimulus. Mood. Great mood, and I have because I had to say it because it's all right. It all started a few years uh, ago when my colleague Sven traveled over to Scotland and he told us about Celtic, about uh, the club, about the ideas. And it's not only the club, it's also the idea against fascism because St. Pauli supporters started in Germany the movement of football supporters against fascism, against Nazis. And we heard about the same ideas in, in Glasgow, so that brought the f- two fan groups together. turns, well, he's got uh, Malcolm Mackay snapping at his heels, gets past him, pushes it onto Kimmich and he's brought down there by Alan Stubbs and yeah. it's, oh it's Malcolm Mackay, it's a red card, oh it was out Malcolm Mackay, dear oh dear, what a disaster for Celtic well, that challenge from behind I thought it was Alan Stubbs And 
up is an ordering off here, another red card, this time for John Hughes, who's going to be sent off. Now the Germans claim their players in trouble, the Celtic players are all around the referee, Paulo De Cano incensed about the decision to send off John Hughes, who brought down one of the German players, I think it's Karsten Barron who's down. John Hughes... Well, ten seconds, we hit the bar, we didn't need to equalising. And then we had a man sent off for what looked like another extremely dodgy decision by the referee. I think the referee's going to lose control of this game now. Celtic's uh, tempers are up. There's no doubt about it. We're playing with nine men. Oh my, uh, I don't know. Uh, the unfortunate thing was we've been playing very well. We didn't look out of the game even with the ten men. At that shot, the candle shot went in instead of hitting the bar. The whole hitting ball game. No offside, great chance in on Marshall and it's a goal. Andre Breitenreiter strides in. Celtic nine-man defence were caught wide open and Breitenreiter really stole in there and placed it low past Marshall. Breitenreiter scores, Hamburg 2-0 in the night and the aggregate score rises to 4-0. Konnte sich fast die Ecke aussuchen und schoss hier einen ins lange Eck zum 2 zu 0. Natürlich die endgültige Entscheidung hier im Volksparkstadion von 30.000, das ist die offizielle Zuschauerzahl, die natürlich zufrieden sind und jetzt hoffen, dass der HSV noch ein bisschen was draufgeht. After the, the first leg being two goals down, well, I think it wasn't helped tonight by the fact the referee was clearly intimidated by the home crowd and gave very soft decisions in favour of HSV, and that made the job even harder. Sending two men off, I was dubiously sending two men off. One goal blatantly offside as well. It may sound like bias as usual from us, but that's the way we're looking at the moment. We are badly done here tonight. Not to say that if those decisions hadn't been made. I'm not saying we would have won the game by any means, but it certainly didn't make it any easier for us. But uh, now we celebrate anyway, because that's the type of support we are. We celebrate just being who we are. You know, the result now will pale in insignificance, because we'll just celebrate being Celtic supporters, because that's the most important thing of all. If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.